Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome, and it's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. We are roughly 24 hours removed, circa the Arizona Cardinals' 20-plus point loss at San Francisco. And as a result, Bo, Cardinals making, I would distinguish this as a flurry of roster moves here on a football (laughs) Monday Cutting three players, what more can you tell us? I can tell you that the Arizona Cardinals, yeah, they're looking to kind of retool in a sense as far as trying to find some depth at corner, maybe try to add some more depth at offensive line and look at some, uh, you know, up and coming, intriguing young players. We'll see uh, who they start to, who they had back onto this roster. But I think, you know, the three available spots as of right now, and it could increase, it, we'll see what they do over the next couple of days. Uh, you know, it's it, trying to see who they're going to maybe fill those with. You've got four eligible players from various injury lists that you can do that with right now. We've already seen the report as far as Kyler Murray, Murray, you would think you could probably take him out of that conversation. Then you start to look at like Garrett Williams and you'll hear from Jonathan Gannon. I'll tell you why maybe he is, he might not be a slam dunk to return, even though he looks pretty solid. He's looked pretty solid for a while, but I don't know they are being extra precautious with the uh, rookie corner at a, at a Syracuse. But then you look at Maje Sanders. He had the hand injury and he was probably on the fence of whether or not he was going to go on IR anyway to start the season. I think Maje Sanders is likely to return to this roster creates a very crowded pass rush room. And we'll get into like who could be the odd man out there. And then I think Dennis Daly, a guy who had an ankle injury in the preseason finale, he's playing a little guard. I think that they're looking for maybe some better play at that position that Dennis Daly becomes an immediate candidate to uh, be activated or designated to return from IR. And then, you know, Howard Balzer on Friday or Thursday reported three tryouts at the cornerback position who could also be candidates to make their way onto this roster. And Don Gardner, Trey Swilling, and Josh Thompson. So we'll see if maybe they add some defensive backs off the streets instead of internally uh, activating some of these guys. I love how cynical the fan base is right now in the best possible way, because I'm here for the the pettiness, right? So Bo Brock tweets out earlier today, reports it from the Cardinal facility that they've cut three players. I put an eyeball emoji, didn't say anything (laughs) underneath Bo's tweet. Somebody responds with, 
don't you dare get our hopes up for Kyler Murray, like was legitimately upset about an eyeball tweet, which I'm here for that pettiness. I am also here on one of our PH next Cardinals responses to Gannon's comments. People are, people are, I think have, have worn out their patience with the returnee of, of Kyler Murray, not from Kyler's standpoint, yeah. but basically like you, we were promised he would be back early. I'm not saying that, but I yeah. will say the teasing of week one, some of that, media propaganda the team rolled out like it even with josh dobbs playing well like it's weighing on the fan base people are like guys it's it's week five they're ahead of schedule why isn't kyler practicing and i think like like i have no problem with people saying that because Mm -hmm. i i do think you see guys like von miller back zach Ertz is 100 years old and he's been he's been back practicing he's played in every game thus far not well but he's been back so I, fans want to see something positive with Kyler Murray. You know, Kyler's posted on TikTok. It's going to be soon. Gannon says all the right things leading up to this week. And I, I do feel like that Schefter report on Saturday was pretty deflating to the fan base. Again, Josh Dobbs has been fantastic. And I, I think everybody expected Dobbs to play against the Bengals. We certainly did. But there, I want to put everybody else a second because we kind of glossed over it at the top. Like, there, there's edginess. Arizona Animals saying there's an edge to the fan base right now. Like, why, why isn't Kyler Murray fucking practicing? Like, it's Pup. Take him off of Pup. Burn a roster spot for a team that's housing a bunch of players that not a lot of fans could name, casual fans could name. Let him get out there and start practicing. I, I, I just, I wonder if something smells funny here, and you can tell Gannon is over answering questions about it. Look, can I be sensible, Bo? And I always am, no, right? Can I add some logic to this conversation? Joshua Dobbs just played really good football against a really He's good not defense. Kyler Murray. People want Kyler Murray. I know, absolutely. Everybody, I want it now, Johnny. In in the in the I want, I want it, it now. now age. People want their franchise quarterback back. And I understand that. But look, Joshua Dobbs, they found the bridge to Kyler Murray. He's playing well. This offense is trending in the right direction each and every week. I think that Joshua Dobbs, if, if you didn't have a solution uh, without Kyler Murray in place, then yes, I would understand why people are even more impatient as far as the return of K1. But now there is a piece in place to where you can kind of rest assured that this offense is going to be a complete disaster. Actually, it's it's quite the opposite. I mean, they're in the top 10 as far as uh, one of the few teams that hasn't either turned the ball over or had the punt 46% of the times. That's more times than not. They're getting points with Joshua Dobbs 54% of the time at the helm at quarterback. So you can kind of rest easy that they have a solution at quarterback. Um, so I, I understand that you want to see K1 back in the lineup, but what's what's the rush at this point? It's a rebuilding year. You saw, you know, how down tremendous they are on the defensive side of the football. It is bad. Let's get Kyler Murray like back up to speed. Let's do it at a comfortable pace. They, you know, they seem to be, you know, pushing all the right buttons as far as these guys that are uh that they're bringing back we've seen some of the rust with with zach Ertz. you don't want to see that at the quarterback position and, and stop a guy that chases the guy who drops no it's not it's the worst ball <laughs> get out of here dylan richards in the chat this is dylan brings a sensible take and this is probably what i've seen more so than anything i'm more annoyed with the lack of transparency not that the cardinals owe us anything like are they not saying anything about the injuries you owe the fan base answers at least timelines I will never step back on my theory that the that the team either intentionally or intention intentionally or deliberately or whatever you want to call it 
kind of maybe teased an earlier return for Kyler Murray to maybe sell tickets. Like, I, I don't have a problem saying that. I could be 100% dead wrong. You can disagree with that. I can tell Bo disagrees with that. Yeah. But, like, I think trotting out Colt McCoy for, for training camp in preseason <laughs> and then the team's putting out the cards video on their YouTube page about teasing the return early and Hollywood's talking about it. Like, they were trying to get people excited. And then the coaching staff said, hey, guys, actually – Colt McCoy can't play. This is going to be a while. Get us somebody better than they got Joshua Dobbs. I do think they don't owe anybody anything. The lack of transparency with their moves w- was evident this offseason. Like, they a- they acted like a team that was g- going to have Kyler Murray earlier than what is now being. Johnny, can you agree with talked, that? We talked to Jonathan Gannon face-to-face. Remember that? Indianapolis. We spoke with him before free agency, though. And we spoke to him. What did he news. say? What did he tell you? What did he tell I you? I don't remember. He, he said told, he looked. At Kyler Murray's said, not going to get out there until he's a hundred percent mentally, and he's a hundred percent. What did we had new inf- We had new information over no, the course of that. Remain. That's July, the, that's August. the most transparent thing he can tell you with an injury like this. Where Kyler Listen, Murray, I'm not. ACL, I'm not. I'm arguing for the fans today. He had I'm his. Not, I, like, Look, I'm not pounding the table saying right. I want Kyler Murray back this week. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. I'm you're out saying there, you got your your torch. You're like, we want Kyler. We want I, Kyler. I'm saying I think I think there was a little bit of misinformation to keep the window open to get people excited. No, you're spinning in his misinformation. I mean, the the Arizona Cardinals that behind the scenes got an opportunity, a very rare opportunity. One we didn't even see NFL Films and Hard Knocks get an opportunity for last year. Uh, to to profile Kyler Murray during the rehab process. Okay. And of course, along their line of questioning, like you would ask Kyler Murray, I would ask Kyler Murray, anybody with a brain would ask Kyler Murray, when are you aiming to come back? And what's the player going to say? Of course, he's going to say his week is his goal is week one. But is that realistic? I mean, that's not propaganda. And that's not setting up false Again, expectations. Again, I'm not blaming Kyler. I'm not blaming Kyler Murray. Von Miller said the him. same shit. Where's Von Miller? Is he been he's practicing? Is uh, he? He's, he's well. First of all, my man's like the same age as Pat P. Getting cooked on NFL Sundays, and he's practicing. <laughs> Kyler's in his mid twenties. Then, then again, like Michael Evans in the chat saying, "What's a two hundred thirty half million dollar player and not come off PUP? What's that?" One's a $230.5 million. The other is, is, is a guy that's in his 30s, you know, holding on, title chasing. I understand that, but also that one of them was not drafted by, well, they both weren't drafted by their current regime. But, I mean, Ky- Kyler Murray wasn't drafted by this regime, and it's a robust quarterback class. I don't. Th- I think we'd be all be naive to say we know definitively what the plan is a quarterback in 2024. We'd all like it to be Kyler Murray. But I can't sit here and tell, tell you that this, this regime is not going to draft Bo Nix next April. Sure they could. I wouldn't do that, but they they might do that. I'm just I'm speaking from a point. Of, what did you just say? You, you say Bo Nix? Monty Osmond is at the Oregon game over the weekend. You You're tell me the, Oregon didn't have more pro prospects than Bo Nix? <laughs> He's a first round quarterback. What if, the, they with, what if they roll? Don't, don't come on this show on Monday <laughs> and try to spoon feed me Bo Nix as future Arizona Cardinals quarterback. How about this? Blaine in the chat. You've been through enough shit together, Johnny. You're telling me Bo Nix? This is what I'm talking about. Blaine in the chat. My ticket sales manager, I'm guessing for the Cardinals, called me the Monday after flight plan. Oh, did they? Well, that's a dirty dirty dog move by their team. I'm telling you right now the team. But no, 
No, that's more on the ticket guy than it is on no, the, oh, the person. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, that, do you want? Do you not want to see the flight plan with Kyler Murray? Do you not want to see Kyler Murray during this rehab if process? Not, if it's not, if it's not being, what well, are we being honest? I know Kyler wants to come back week one, but like the team's like, yeah, let's put that out there. Let's go. Let's get let's get people excited. Let's count. Get those tickets ready to go for <laughs> Bengals. Let's get those tickets ready to go for the maybe for the for the Giants. You know, we'll get people excited about it. You know, because I don't know if you remember, Bo, last year at the end of the season, it was like 50-50 at best with Cardinal fans at State Farm Stadium. Like, and they knew the situation at hand with their team. I Again, I don't discredit the marketing team for, for doing that angle. Yeah. But right now, right now, people are people are pissed he's not off a of pub at least practicing. <laughs> Calm I down. Think he, I think people would. Did be, you hear that Monty Austinfort? He was at Sun Devil Stadium and he was he was scouting Trenton Borgay at the quarterback <laughs> position. <laughs> Fuck you! That's not what I'm saying at all. Bo, listen, Bo Nix is going in the first round. I mean, Bo Nix has looked better than Drake May this year. I we're, don't do that. Don't spin that narrative. They got listen. Houston's pick's going to be right around where Bo Nix goes, right at this at this uh, rate. But I we can we can bring this conversation back to reality now. I am addressing the people's comments because i am a man of the people yes you are that that where is Ky- why isn't kyler murray off of pup this week and if and if the answer is i don't know let's just go with the flow here the next couple weeks then like it feeds into the narrative i don't agree with this but it feeds in the narrative they're not going to play him at all this year mm, no I, I here here's what i'll say two things can be re- remain true at the same time, right? Yeah, Kyler yeah. Murray's not ready right now, but there's going to be plenty of time for Kyler Murray to play and the team figure out what they need to figure out about Kyler Murray the rest of the season. I see easy here and saying, uh, what, what was the question from him up there? Uh, man, you guys are killing it in the chat. I can't even keep up, but regardless, I mean, I, I think you, you got to see post cliff Kyler. Absolutely. I agree. You're going to, but you're going to get, you know, close to 10 games, of of that Kyler Murray working with Drew Petzing, who uh, our guy Brad Spielberger is already put, banning his name about Drew Petzing. No, Brad, stop doing coach. that. Stop doing that, Brad. <laughs> he he should have a contingency where he has to stay here minimum three years. Uh, uh, Mike A in the chat. This has Bidwell stench all over it. Fair or not, the fan base <clears> is cynical to this this rehab process, not from Kyler's standpoint, but again. Dobbs is traded for and anointed the starter in March. Different conversation. Jacoby Brissett, Gardner Minshew, but they dicked around with Colt McCoy and Clayton Toon for four months in the offseason, and then and then they traded for Joshua Dobbs, and everything else kind of spiraled from there. We get all these positive notes. I, I don't know, man. Other players around the NFL are coming off pup that got hurt around the same time. So it's 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 okay for fans to be upset that it's also not Kyler Murray. But I brought up in the post game show yesterday, I bet him jam. Like, I I would not be surprised. You disagreed with this, which I'm surprised, Bo Brock. I would not be surprised with the increased level of play and the efficiency of Josh Dobbs if it's making their situation a little bit more difficult right now. Not to say or Dobbs easier. is better than Kyler Murray, which is ridiculous. I just mean from a from a patient standpoint, you cannot tell me, Bo Brock, if Colt McCoy was the quarterback of this team mm-hmm. right now, or Clayton Toon, and this team was laughably bad offensively, they're like the Jets level bad. That they would not be like, hey, we gotta, we gotta figure something out. What's what's K one status? But they bought themselves time. They they've earned. They that. did. They've it's earned good, that. It's a good problem. It's a good problem to have the, the the level of play that you've we've seen from Joshua Dobbs. But look, 
That question was asked last week to Jonathan Gannon. And he's I over know these questions too. I, I know that, huh? And he just, you just pointed into the camera and you point, you pointed and you definitively said, Jonathan Gannon said that has nothing to do. It will, it will not, it will not dictate or change anything as far as Kyler Murray's timeline, how well or, or poorly Joshua Dobbs plays at the quarterback position. But in the Arizona Cardinals case right now, it bodes well for them that he's Joshua Dobbs should have thrown for three touchdowns yesterday. If Zach Ertz holds on to it or Zach Pascal pulls that ball that he dropped in the bucket in the corner of the end zone should have three touchdowns, which I think would be a career high uh, single game career high for Joshua Dobbs, the Dobb father. So look, good problem to have, not bad problem to have the, the level of play that you've seen from their quarterback that they got the you know week and a half before the season opener and you know Kyler Murray continues to trend in the right direction and I look I'm I'm I don't want Kyler Murray to stop putting out on social media how he's chomping at the bit to come back and and soon how he's not going to let anybody down when he does return. I want to see that. I don't want I don't I don't care that it's getting me revved up about it. That's exciting shit. It it shouldn't be looked as a negative. Uh Jalen Blair in the chat. This is something else I've seen. If Kyler is ready to come back and the team is preventing him from doing so, it will get out in the media and, again, will be a horrible look for the franchise. That's an extreme take, but I, it's one that I'm going to welcome on this program right now, Bull Brock, because I, I do wonder, you know, we've heard rumblings that Kyler, think, Kyler feels good right now. Mm-hmm. But, again, like they, they're going by – I think they're going by their own plan. Like Austin Ford runs the 53-man roster. As much as I wish Kyler ran his roster spot, he does not. Austin Ford and Gannon – will decide what's in the best interest of the team. They're the GM and the head coach. And right now, I, I feel like it's going to be a dicey situation when you're going to na- have to navigate practice reps for for Dobbs and Kyler Murray and, and deciding when the right time is to rip the bandit off. Like, you're going to have Dobbs be the quarterback of this team, presumably for at least six to eight weeks, and then you're going to make a hard right into November and try to get Kyler Murray acclimated to game speed on the fly I do not envy their position to have to do that. I know you're, you told me yesterday, you're like, no, it won't be that bad. It won't be seamless, but Kyler Murray's talent will rise above. And I believe that to some extent, Mm -hmm. but I also think this team has rallied around Josh Dobbs. They play a certain style of football around Dobbs. And it's like the later you get into the season, trying to like ask Deshaun Watson, how that looked like last year under with Drew Petsy. It's very difficult. To, to seamlessly transition to another quarterback. Deshaun Watson like, isn't nearly as accurate at throwing the football as, as Kyler Murray. He, he's just not. He, he doesn't possess, you know, mechanically, he's not as sound as Kyler Murray. You you look at the inefficiencies of, of Joshua Dobbs, and we're seeing a lot of his talents on full display, but you're also seeing the inaccuracies. I mean, look at how wide open guys are. And then sometimes you'll see some tight windows, and Kyler Murray can hit out of it. Like some of the third and short and stuff that, that Joshua Dobbs just maybe puts too much on his throws, Kyler sure. Murray connects on probably two out of three of those. So, you know, I think that you're going to see this, this – where Josh Dobbs is what seventh in the NFL with a just a, nearly a seventy-one percent completion percentage, Kyler Murray could operate at a higher clip than that, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, sure. What I am curious to see, like, I, and I, it should be interesting as far as how well Joshua Dobbs has played in the red zone. And if we remember struggles from Kyler Murray, is how inaccurate he was in the red zone. He just couldn't. He couldn't make throws. He couldn't. He couldn't complete at a high percentage. Where Joshua Dobbs right now inside the ten, four for four passing with three touchdowns, and inside the twenty, he's a top two quarterback in the NFL. Not like there's only one person ahead of him as far as accuracy throwing the football in close where you need to be really, really accurate. So, uh, can Kyler Murray? Can he get better than that, or can he be right at the same level as Joshua Dobbs? That's really going to be interesting for me to see.
Uh, really good questions in the chat. Uh, Cards Universe, if K1 returns too late in the year, it makes the decision at quarterback much harder. I think you need a, a sizable sample size for this regime. They love what Kyler Murray's brought off the field, but he's got to play, and he's got to he's got to play well. Don't you um, think the NFL learned something about Joshua Dobbs in, in four games? Don't don't you think Joshua Dobbs in four games has earned you know a bigger role than he's ever received at the NFL level? But is are the Cardinals going to give him that permanently? Well, that, but that's not the, like don't you think the NFL knows more and has learned a lot about Joshua Dobbs and just yeah. what? we would deem a sample size. So how many games do you need? I mean, Kyler Murray is still going to get about eight, nine games to play. Well, where I'll push back on that is you've, you've always told me Dobbs has got a familiarity with this offense and Dobbs himself. You've been through training camp and a preseason. Like, again, we have to contextualize it. Kyler Murray has done no football team activities, drills, et cetera, this entire time, this entire time, which is my consistent argument as you take him off a pup, but you basically regulate him as a practice squad player, whatever you need to do to ramp that up. I think it's unrealistic to take him off a pup in two weeks or three weeks or whatever. And then, you know, two weeks of practice, expect him to go out there and be Kyler Murray. I don't think that's fair to Kyler Murray. Training camp is long. Training camp is like six to eight weeks. And then you've got the preseason. Like you're going to have to find a way to expedite all that in season with Kyler Murray playing under center for the first time. It's a very, with a quarterback now that has not thrown an interception and is completing 70% of his throws. That's, that's hard. I don't envy their position to have to do this. That's why, again, my mindset has always been, I'm not so much worried about the week he plays, but the time that I think, and again, they, they you can disagree with me. I think they're wasting potential practice time right now. You can tailor practice however you want with Kyler Murray. With the state of this roster right now, and guys like Eric Banks, respectfully, are, are starting defensive tackles. You're going to give up a defensive me? line player? Well, no. I, bad no I, I'm saying, yeah, okay, <laughs> give me Amari Dermacato or somebody like that. Give me Mr. 53 of the 53-man roster. You can't burn one of those spots so Kyler Murray can work with a center taking snaps under center. Like, because he's not, technically, he's not allowed to do that right now. So I that, to me, is going to be the biggest hurdle. Because you're not going to snap your fingers. He's going to be ready to go the minute he's activated. Well, here's, and I think you're making the case for my point here is you get a 21 day window once you put him, once you return him from pup, right? So you return him from pup and then you got 21 days to take him because he's not on the active roster, but he can practice, right? His 21 day window opens. And if he's not ready, if something, if he's just, if it's not happening as far as his grasp of the offense or playing under center or his rapport with his receivers, if it's not there at the level, that's going to be better than Joshua Dobbs or a level that you can envision it getting better and trending in the right direction soon, then like you potentially lose, like if you don't activate him after 21 days back on, he's on, He's out for the entire season, and you learn nothing. Yeah. So I think you're close. Yeah. to be as, as cautious as, as possible, that's the play. Because until you feel like that window is going to open and, it, and it's going to be probably likely a two-week window, right, instead of a three-week window, you just make sure. And I don't have any issue with that. Robert, I'll pose this chat to you, Bo Brock, or this question from the chat to you. Johnny JG in today's press conference said we have to wait to see what they're doing on Wednesday. What does that mean? And again, I should preface this by saying... Let's, let's hear the clip from JG. You got we the got clip it. now? Okay, yeah. great. We'll see. Kind of nothing's changed with the pup guys. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll see how it goes in the next couple of days, and then you guys will see Wednesday what we're doing. 
So Wednesday is when they'll start, you know, guys will start get out in the practice field and, and the moves have to become official. And that's, yeah. that's what he's doing there. So he's, he's giving us a nothing burger. So let's <laughs> classify a couple things. Kyler Murray's on the pub list. What uh-huh. is Garrett Williams on the rookie he's, third so round? So that's what I'm curious about. We should have had him clarify, but uh, he's on the non-football injury list, which is basically, it's the same thing as the pup, but Garrett Williams suffered his injury at the collegiate level. So he didn't, he didn't get hurt at the NFL level in an NFL game during an NFL while with like on the grass playing for an NFL organization. So he's on the non-football injury list, which is the same as the pup. So I don't know if he qualifies as that. That's why I mentioned that. Like it's not a slam dunk. Garrett Williams comes back. So when he says, you know, nothing's changed with the pup guys, because Kyler Murray is the only guy on pup. You want me to say pup one more time? I can do it. Pup. And then you got NFI, and then you've got two guys on IR, Majay Sanders and Dennis Daly, uh, who had, you know, minor injuries, but injuries that were going to keep them out probably, if not four weeks uh, or beyond. But so we'll see what they're going to do with the versatile offensive lineman and Daly and and what they're going to do with another pass rusher, Majay Sanders. Because when you look at the pass rush room, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but that would be your seventh outside linebacker that you'd be adding to that room. So let's play a little prediction time ahead of Wednesday. Bo Brock, three moves that they have to fill. They also cut Slade, who's a practice squad player. Maybe they look to pry another defensive tackle on, on their practice squad. That remains to be seen. They fill the three active roster spots on Wednesday. Who are they? Man. So I think Elm Manning, he's an offensive lineman. He was he was waived today. Uh, he was a local product. Went to Hawaii, right? But he played at Apollo High School here. Um, somebody that they has is a pre-draft 30 top 30 prospect. They were interested in him. He was, he was drafted by the Niners. They picked him up off waivers before the season. Never saw any time. I think that with him leaving, I think that only points to Dennis Daly returning from IR. So there's one that seems pretty easy to me. You disagree with that at all? No, I think it's a lineman. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's the workout of a lineman, but yeah. I mean, I, I'm not thrilled about Dennis Daly being on being a part of this. Uh, Even rotation. after watching Elijah Wilkinson give up that this, the crucial sack against Josh Dobbs in, in that game last night. I mean, Dennis Daly is some kind of poison to the offensive line dating back to his time in Tennessee. Like, go look at what Tennessee fans. I know he's playing tackle. I guess throw him out there for a series. Let's see what's going on. But he he got destroyed in Tennessee. So if you're if you're selling me tackle, yeah, they cut. They cut, you know, Dakota Fanning's sister, Elle Fanning, so they could get Dennis Daly back you. in the lineup. I'm really excited about that. That doesn't do much for me. When people okay. are speculating, could it be Garrett Williams? Could it be Kyler Murray? But no, how about Dennis Daly? Okay, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. It's do like you need to, I guess. Like, uh, can can I sell you on a Dennis Daly instead of a Kyler or Garrett? Can Williams? I sell you a Motorola Razor phone <laughs> in the year 2023? That's what it's like. It's just like, okay, sure, I'll take that. <laughs> That's a collector's item. Majay Sanders, I gotta imagine he he looks like he's so damn close. You know, he he's not somebody that's just like working out on the side that I. Can't report on. I've seen him out there, kind of shadowing a little bit. Uh, I, you know, Majay Sanders. So when we look at Slade dropping off the practice squad, do yeah. they do they want to make a practice squad spot available to try to slide somebody down? Does it does it Jesse Lucetta that I know is a fan favorite because of his versatility? Played some fullback, played some outs, played some pass rush. But when you look at his pass rush snaps outside of BJ Ujolari, there's nobody that's getting less snaps at least that position he was drafted to play than Jesse Lucetta. I just can't believe we're sitting here. Like you and I have seen this team practice dating back to training camp. 
like Zach Ertz being active and playing and f- f- God forbid leading this team and targets at tight end. And the fact that he occurred his injury to his ACL much later than Garrett Williams and right around the same time as Kyler Murray, and he's just back playing and he's the oldest of the group that blows my mind. And I think that's where a lot of the cynicism comes with, with the fan base. It's like, okay, well, Marco Wilson, we're going to talk about Marco Wilson was, was getting cooked left and right on Sunday against San Fran. Like people want to see, okay, look what you did with Keytrail Clark. Let's see Garrett Williams, mm-hmm. Garrett Williams, by all accounts, I mean, he's had plenty of time to recover. I think that they're just taking extra time with these young assets that they have that are coming off major injury. Like, I, I don't think it's anything else other than that. It's like, hey, Kyler Murray is our franchise quarterback. We're going to be super, super cautious. Garrett Williams was a premium third-round pick. Like, like Zach Ertz was ready to come back and play football, and they were like, okay, that's fine. You can't move after the catch? That's fine. You're activated. You're starting week one against the Commanders. Like, don't don't tell me all recovery timelines are the same going month to month, date to date. They're not. Yeah. Sometimes what you have invested in the commodity plays a part in that. Yeah. Like, Zachary's probably not on this team next year. Yeah. Mr. Noyak. No, Listen, no I like Zachary as, as a person. Like he is, he, he might be done. He might get, he, if he catches that ball at the end of the game last night, or yesterday, he falls into the end zone. He at least gets one yard after a catch, and that's impressive. He's a great player, borderline <laughs> Hall of Famer. Yes. Like it's it's sad. We deserve respect. Point. It's it's tough to 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 shade and slander. Zachary. I'm trying to win game. Like I, he offers you nothing after the catch, poor guy. All right, we're moving off of Earths. Okay. All right. So we feel. So like who we do we have? Pretty- I I think Sanders, Daly, and Daly, Sanders, and then a free agent corner, maybe a tryout. I hope it's Williams. I, I'm just I just want to put that out there. I just want to speak it into existence. I want Garrett Williams on this active roster. Or at least I want him to open up his practice window, get him out there on the field, start to work him in there, just see what he's about. It's I, I, I think it's long overdue. What are you what do you, no, what do you know? I don't have to believe do you that know they're something? Do it. No, I don't know anything. <laughs> I, I think prepare yourself from Appalachian State bumblefuck university corner being signed by the team Wednesday to play special teams. That's prepare yourself for that. Maybe they give Antonio Hamilton a little bit more rub on the starting defense, but uh, yeah, I want to see Garrett Williams. More too. One snap like Murray. he played yesterday. Yeah. I we're, we're here's the tough part with this team right now. We want reinforcements because we, this team is overachieving. So give us better players. And that was never their mindset this offseason. This season's about evaluating. Can you we take the good with the bad? The can good we fact is, check this from uh, Jordan P. Garrett Garrett Williams is he tweeting the the clock emoji? Listen, the the dads they run the show. Caleb Williams' dad, Carl Garrett Williams' dad, like that. You oh, his dad. Did. Yeah, you're almost better off with with going to the parent. All right, while Bo checks on that, I'm going to remind everybody. DraftKings, baby, use that promo code PHNX. I've got the DraftKings pick of the week, maybe the lock of the year tonight, because I don't know if you know this, Danny Dimes, well, he did beat you know, our sweet baby Cardinals. He's 0-8 on Monday Night Football. Let me repeat that. He's 0-8. He's terrible on nationally televised games. He's the new Kirk Cousins. He's going to lose tonight at home to the Seattle Seahawks. Actually, Geno uh, Smith, as much as I hate to say it, has one of the best on-the-road passer ratings dating back to last year. So, Hammer that Seahawks money line. It's your boys draft Kings pick of the week. The NFL season is going strong. We here with PHNX, we're called to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that bonus code PHNX. $200 in bonus bets instantly. When you bet just five bucks, take a five spot, right? 
$200 in bonus bets. That's bonus code PHNX only on the DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. The monies are yours as well. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling problems. 1-888-789-777. Um, please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensed partner, the Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Got to be 21 years and up. See sportsbook.draftkings.football terms for eligibility and restrictions. Um, yeah, DraftKings right now. Pick of the night for your boy, Hammer Seahawks Moneyline. All right. Uh, Shady Rays, we, we got some great action in the chat. We may have to confirm, too, if it is uh, if it is indeed Garrett Williams' dad in the chat, uh, confirming what his clock tweet was all about. And, and Damon is, is getting that going for us. But uh, just fun speculation. We're, uh, you know, fan base obviously excited about, you know, the potential return at some point of Garrett Williams' third-round pick out of Syracuse ball hawking corner. Uh, fantastic player. Whenever it happens, but uh, Shady Rays obviously got to get in on Shady's Rays right now. Use that promo code PHNX. Save yourself fifty percent or more on two or more pairs of premium polarized sunglasses. It gets better with Shady Rays. If you buy a pair of sunglasses, you lose them, you break them. They have their no questions asked return policy. So if you lose them, break them day one, they will actually switch them out, swap them out. No matter actually how long you've had them, ShadyRays.com. Check out their full product line right now. ShadyRays.com. Or check them out up the street, North Scottsdale, Kierland Commons. You can go to their store, Shady Rays, and you can just tell them, promo code PHNX. They're going to give you the same deal. But check them out online as well while you're watching the show, ShadyRays.com. And if you get interested in buying a pair, use that promo code PHNX. I love when we open a show to kick off a Monday and Bone. I just yelling at each other uh, because it's. I think it's, you know, it's good for the heart. It's good for the soul. We're collabing because we have a difference of opinion right now. Now the Cardinals are opting to publicly handle the Kyler Murray situation, but the saga moves on, right? Do we see that in the chat? George Williams there? Do we do we get that chat up there? Uh, no, no. George Williams, are you actually chat. Garrett Williams' dad? Is that what I'm I reading? It's, it's, there it is. You're right by it. Right by the brand up there. What are you looking at? Stop my clock with something completely unrelated. Laughing emoji, laughing emoji. Is that Garrett, is that Garrett Williams' dad? What's up, George? Thanks for hopping in. I don't know if it is. Maybe it know. is. I don't know if there's any way to confirm that, but if Listen, it is, there you we go. We want to see your son play, George. Let us know <laughs> his timeline. We can't get any. We can't get any info off of uh, Jonathan Gannon. Do you feel like there's anim? I don't think there's animosity toward Gannon. He's doing a fabulous job, but oh. people have PTSD over Cliff Kingsbury never revealing anything in press conferences and not being transparent. While Gannon doesn't know anybody anything, are you getting kind of those same vibes? Like you're you're in those pressers every day. Are there yeah. any similarities between, hey, George, uh, between uh, Cliff and, and Jonathan with revealing information? No, I, I think that as far as him, it's it's a competitive advantage, right? He's not just yeah. going to reveal, you know, who's going to be up, who's going to be down. I, I, there, there's a sense of uh, just gamesmanship there, and you just can't reveal all your cards all the time. As much as we want these organizations to be completely transparent, you're just not going to get that, that, that this day and age, you're not going to get that in the NFL. And especially when you're trying to, when you have so many insiders and you have information leaked all the time, it's, it's tough to keep everything under wraps. So, you know, where, where do you have that, that advantage? Where can you kind of keep a bit of a smoke screen as far as who's going to play and who's not? 
you know, Cincinnati Bengals are a struggling team. Like I, a guy I trust that covers the organization and Jake Liskow does a great job covering the Cincinnati Bengals. He tweeted this out today. He's going to move on after today, but the tape on the offense was worse than watching it live. It's the worst were some real bad head-scratching play calls and decisions, bad QB play, bad offensive line play. Can't make a living like this on offense. Major changes and improvements required. That's what he's saying about the Arizona Cardinals' upcoming team. There's an opportunity here in week five for Huge. the Arizona Cardinals. So, Huge job, you know, Jonathan Gannon, like, I don't, as much as I want to hear, you know, when guys are coming back, and I'm sure he probably wants to tell us when his franchise quarterback or one of his top, you know, one of the premier draft picks of this 2023 class that Monty Austin Ford identified out of the ACC is coming back. You know, he, I, th- I think that he's, he's, he's got to keep it close to the vest for, for, for just strategy. I mean, it's the same thing as you mentioned, like the week before they played the commanders, it might be Clayton tune. It might be Josh Dobbs. Like we all knew it was Josh Dobbs, but trying to squeeze out any kind of competitive advantage. So they ought to win this weekend. Like what we're going to preview the game all week. The Bengals are terrible. Like Joe Burrow's supposed to play T Higgins has got a broken rib. Zach Taylor's a big time fraud of a head coach. Like they got nothing going well right now. And the Cardinals got good mojo. And speaking of good mojo, we're back trending up, trending down here on a football Monday. Let's start with trending up Bo Brock. Here's, the three players or entities that I think are trending up for this team right now after a competitive yet lopsided loss yesterday. This is Johnny's trending up. I mean, how do how do we go 36 minutes into this show and I have not been able to gush over one Michael Wilson? Uh, we talked about it at nauseum on the pregame and the postgame show yesterday. Uh, he's one of the top 10 players on the roster right, right now, unquestionably. He's got the highest potential of any singular entity offensively, not named Kyler Murray on this team right now outside of Paris Johnson Jr., but as a skill player, a weapon, I have not seen this physicality from a receiver since Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald. Now, I don't know if he's going to eclipse somebody like John Brown or Christian Kirk. I, w- I would bet he does, though. He's on pace right now for just over 1,000 yards as a rookie with Josh Dobbs as his quarterback. I think, yes, we would have all signed up for that. I apologize to Michael Wilson and his family. I did not like the <laughs> draft pick on day two of the NFL draft. I thought it was a reach. Uh, I've been proven wrong. He is sensational. He cooked Niner DBs up and down the field. You watch the tape I have on all 22. Even when he wasn't getting the ball thrown to him, he was open. Uh, one of the best picks thus far of the Austin Ford era. Drew Petsing. I mean, hey, what more can you say? Bo, you mentioned at the top of the show, they're top 10 in total offense right now. That's unquestionable. That's unheard of. This team right now, again, he, who's elevating Josh Dobbs, Michael Wilson, Drew Petsing? Guys are, are making plays for him, but Drew Petzing's the mastermind right now of a unit that top 10 in rushing. They've given up six sacks on the season, even with Elijah Wilkinson's horrendous play. I mean, I, Drew Petzing to me, we've always been envious of the Kyle Shanahan offense. Everybody gets their Kyle Shanahan disciple. They go on to have success. The Cardinals have now tapped into the Shanahan offense, made it their own, and, and had a very competent, well-played showing against San Francisco. The defense, not so much, but man, oh, man, Drew Petzing offensively, he's pushing all the right buttons. And speaking of the right buttons, training up is the win projection for this team. Like, uh, we're going to talk about the draft status later in the show, but I don't know how anybody can watch this team right now and not think, yeah, they can get to six or seven wins. Like, look at the schedule for the rest of the year. Chicago, the Pittsburgh Steelers look horrendous. Like, I don't know if I'm buying Houston yet. A couple, They're going to win a couple division games. This team right now, just went through, I think, one of the hardest gauntlets in, across the NFL landscape. Dallas and the Niners are on the short list of 
the, the four or five best teams in the NFL where they beat Dallas and they hung with San Francisco three, three quarters. Like they yeah. could run out of gas. And a lot of it depends on what's going on with Kyler and Dobbs. But th- this team is so well coached and so prepared on Sunday. I- I'm mentally preparing myself. Their pick is going to be outside the top 10. They're, g- they're going to win six or seven games this year. That's a pretty bold prediction, even with what we've seen through four weeks. But you know, I, I find a tough time disagreeing with it. And I also want to officially make my request that we do trending down first and end on a high note with our trending up players. Whatever. What say okay. you? Yay That's or nay? That's what you get. Sure. Okay. I was there was so much negativity I'll, I'll in the first myself. segment. Okay. You and I were we there was some animosity. I didn't I wanted to try to start with some positive talk, okay. but I wants to keep it negative. That's fine. No, no, I wanted to 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 ramp this thing up to the end of the show. That's that's fine. You yeah. are, is on trending up. Do you have Bo Nix by chance? No, I, I know. even though I like the Ducks this year, uh, they they play to win games, not for clicks. Uh, let's check out who I have trending up for the Arizona Cardinals. I agree with yours. I think you got a great list, but I'm going a little chalk here as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Joshua Dobbs. He's playing so well. As I mentioned, he should have had three touchdown passes in this game. Uh, I mean, you see so many uh, really impressive things from Joshua Dobbs. No picks through four games, 123 pass attempts, seventh in the completion percentage in the league at nearly 71%, top 10 in quarterback rating. You've got, uh, as far as fourth in the NFL, on he's 10 for 15 on third and medium throws. So he's That's making big-time plays. He's top passer inside the 10, four for four with three touchdowns, top quarterback rating inside the 10 at 125, and second-best passer in, in, in the NFL inside the 20s, 12 for 17. So when it matters on third down in the red zone, Joshua Dobbs has been even better than you've seen just from the the you know on the top on the surface statistics love what i'm seeing from number nine and i love what i'm seeing from hollywood brown i knew you were going to go with michael wilson because your love affair with the third round pick at a at a stanford but i like what i've really seen from hollywood brown also projected to go over a thousand yards receiving he's making big plays on third downs too johnny seven catches on third downs nice. for first downs from hollywood brown he's you know he has the two touchdowns he has a touchdown in back-to-back weeks and then he has nearly a hundred yard performance yesterday Hollywood Brown is absolutely trending up he's finding his way in this offense he played hurt he's got the thumb injury he dealt with a I think it was a ham was it the hammy earlier this week this year Mm -hmm. so Hollywood Brown getting healthier but he's also playing well and then the offensive line I mean to keep that uh, ferocious front seven from the San Francisco 49ers off Joshua Dobbs all but one play I really liked what I saw from the O-line six sacks in uh, the over 120 dropbacks for this for this team with Joshua Dobbs. Love it. I love what I've seen from this offensive line. Tucked to Yelda Froholt today. He took us through the whole ordeal where he was taken out of the game and how he tried to sneak his way back onto the field, but they wouldn't let him do so. I mean, this is just this is I mean, you talk about the pass rush group, but this is like a true group of dogs. I like the continuity. I like the cohesiveness. I really like this offensive line and how they're playing. I mean, we haven't seen that unit get whooped one time this year. And I again, we we tongue-in-cheek kind of said, yes, yeah, it's probably the best position unit on the team, and they're living up to it. And, why, you know, people people come at us because, you know, we cherry-pick PFF stats, and, you know, you always take it with a grain of salt. I don't think PFF is doing the Cardinals any favor with their offensive line ranking. I've seen bad offensive lines for this franchise for 20-plus years. This is not one of them. This is an above-average unit. You're protecting Josh Dobbs, a quarterback that started three mi- minus three games, 
at most in his NFL career. And you've got, you know, a limited offensive, you know, personnel, let's call it what it is. You got people emerging, but to say like most teams utilizing an offensive line like this probably are getting lit up on Sundays where I think the Cardinals are being well coached up front. I think DJ Humphreys, you're getting just enough potentially out of his final year with the Cardinals. Yelda Froldholt was a backup and afterthought. You got to get him a new deal. Will Hernandez has been the best offensive lineman they had. And then obviously Paris Johnson Jr. has been a revelation. So I'm with you. I like all your picks. Hollywood's going to be an interesting case study, Bill Brock, because if they play themselves out of Marvin Harrison, they could always, of course, draft another receiver. I expect they will at some point. But it's like, what what will it take to for Hollywood Brown to be back as an Arizona Cardinal next year? He wasn't traded for by this regime. He wasn't drafted by this regime. They they have a a preference for bigger receivers, right? He's like kind of the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's working his way back to potentially being re-signed by this team, or is it too early to tell? I mean, and you can only take it with a grain of salt, you know, from Jonathan Gannon, but he was asked about Hollywood Brown, and he's very complimentary. And, you know, I think that uh, I think that he likes him a lot. He obviously likes his explosiveness. Yeah. And in this day and age, you've got to have, you know, shoom, 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 shots, explosives, and that's what Hollywood Brown brings to the table. Now, can they yeah. find a number that makes sense for Hollywood Brown to continue his career as an Arizona Cardinal? That That's going to be a big question, right? Hollywood Brown has been – like you haven't heard a peep from Hollywood Brown's camp. You haven't heard a peep from Hollywood Brown. Like he's only said the company line that he's only focused on his play right now. He hasn't mentioned his contract ever, and it hasn't even – like it's never shown up as far as – him and, and and really deterring him or, or swaying how he plays or when he plays or anything. Um, so, you know, he, he seems to be, he seems to kind of walk the walk as far as what he says in his press conferences and how he goes about his business. Maybe that falls in line with what this organization, he, he's definitely not a me guy and that falls yeah. in line with the organization. Players like him. And yeah. I think like you could, you look around this team and it's like, there are guys on this team that are not here anymore. I guess just put my foot in my mouth, but like Isaiah Simmons, DeAndre Hopkins, like they couldn't get some guys out of here fast enough. Right. And then there are some guys they are trying to decide like what's Zayvon Collins future, right? What's Zach Ertz's future? What's James Connors future? Hollywood is like the one entity. He's 26 years old. He has talent. He's too good not to play. And he's going to have a nice year if he stays healthy. Well, do they, do they open the checkbook in the off season and say, Hollywood, Here's a three-year deal with some guaranteed money we'd like for you to come back. Or does Hollywood say, this is the first time I've ever gotten to taste free agency. I'm going to go out and get the most I can. It's going to be really interesting because I do think that, you know, for me, it's like Hollywood Brown is, I think, in a lot of situations, a really high-end number two receiver. I think we've come to the conclusion he's probably not a number one, but he can be a, a, a plus two. But how much do you pay for that, right? How much do you pay for that for a team that, has Kyler Murray making 45 million? You know, Michael Wilson's not making any money. It's a it's a decision that I'm glad I don't have to make. But of course, you would want Hollywood Brown on your team instead of not having him on your team. It's the same conversation we had about Byron Murphy and Zach Allen. The difference is, though, is now Hollywood is helping win games, be productive under this regime. And I don't think you can you can yeah. discredit that. He's he's winning himself a lot of fans of that locker room, I'm sure. I mean, unless there's like a Christian Kirk situation, and there there always is, right? In in the league where teams are, have uh, almost an, a, a cap number that they can't even reach, even like a floor to spend in an off season, with, with sometimes uh, the fool's gold in free agency. Like, unless somebody comes like way over the top and gives 
you know, Hollywood Brown. And I don't think so. I think that no. those days are, were short lived. And he was and, young, he was younger too. I think he was like 24 when that he got that deal. Hollywood's yeah. gonna be 27. Yeah. So you know, there are different variables that go into it. So you know, can they can they find a middle ground? And the Cardinals, I mean, very easily can can reach 80 million dollars in cap space if they if they want to with some easy moves. You know, does Hollywood Brown can can they afford him? Maybe they don't sign him to a, a long term deal, but maybe they sign him to a two to three year deal that is is a bit front loaded with all the cap space that they're going to have in 2024. But I think the door is it's it's open a bit. I wouldn't say it's wide open for him to return, but a lot of things have to go right. Do you want me to take the uh, the trending down first since you start with trending up? Yeah, go ahead, Mr. Right. Bill Brock. Who are you right. down on this week? Johnny Venerable. I'm going to say your full name just as much <laughs> as you say my full name. Trending down for a second consecutive week. Oh. And look, at this, look at this picture we have. The Arizona Cardinals tight ends. It hasn't been pretty. Now, I know Zach Ertz had a bunch of targets uh, yesterday. But if you look at this t- the tight end production the last two weeks, uh, they have 15 targets for 10 catches and 66 total yards from the tight ends. Um, you have one target each week for Trey McBride. You had one target from Jeff Swain yesterday. That was nearly an interception. And it's most of the money and most of the balls are being fed to Zach Ertz. And you're just not seeing the production that you want. So I'm trending down right now at the tight ends. Rondell Moore, after a really rock solid performance, including a 45 plus yard rushing touchdown, just in, in two targets, no catches, no yards for Rondell Moore yesterday. You can't disappear in big games like that. And then, Lecky Fotu, if, if I had to identify, you know, from the defensive line that was getting blown off the line of scrimmage yesterday against the stout offensive line and rushing attack from the San Francisco 49ers, you know, you look at the numbers, and, and I know we only take with a, with a little pinch of salt for the uh, PFF grades, I would say Lecky Fotu, he had a really rough Sunday, and, and he had to be somebody that needed to step up as far as uh, the defensive line just because of his experience and what the team kind of is entrusted in him as a starter, as, as a you know season open starter. Like the defensive line, I think they have been hampered by injuries and that's played a part in it. But I think our, our worst fears, unfortunately, are coming to reality at least this past week. Now everybody, not everybody has San Francisco's run game. Most teams don't. But like this, this offseason, we're like, yeah, this, this unit's thin. And they can't afford to lose these guys. And maybe somebody emerges right now. It's the biggest position hole on the team. Like you need to add so many bodies, capable bodies to this unit next off season. Like you got to double down in free agency and the draft. They're just, they're just not good enough. Yeah. It's not an NFL caliber defensive line. It's for, for lack of a better term, a practice squad level defensive line. Like it's a rotation and I get it. You can win games like that because of how well they're coached and some of the complimentary players defensively with Kazir White, maybe some of the pass rushers go off. But if you're if you're ever trying to compete for a playoff spot, God forbid, a division, you, yeah. you need to find capable DTs. And this draft class is okay at that position. There is not one alpha ass kicker in this yeah. draft that's, that's going to be available to you that you can say is a, you know, a Jalen carter S type of DT. Yeah, nobody's emerged yet, right? Not yet. Um, uh, here's what I'll say, though. Like, I think Monty Ford has shown an ability, and along with Jonathan Gannon, who's seen, you know, the type of players you need at that position. Like, they can scout the position. They're capable, for pretty sure. Pretty confident of what they were able to do and look at the free agent class from 2023, which was not great. And then they were like, you know what? We're not going to go spend big free agent dollars on these guys. 
But we can find guys that can fit our system and compete against, you know, not against the Trent Williams of the world or not against, you know, elite offensive line play, which there isn't a whole lot of in the NFL. And you're certainly not going to see it this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. But can we have guys that can compete in a rotation? But no, I, I think I'm confident that they can find it in this I upcoming draft. And I think they can find it in free agency and upgrade immediately. Like, I think they can immediately bolster this defensive line. I mean, that's not saying much, but yeah, they, they damn more better. If they, if they want to compete <laughs> for a playoff spot, they have to thunder saying Gannon said stills had his best game. Uh, if you're going by PFF, he was the number one rated defensive lineman. Uh, I think so. I think it was in the sixties. Hey, throw him out there again. Let's see what he does against the Bengals offensive line. That's putrid. That's your trending now. Here is mine with uh, a couple twists to it. Again, I'm going to start with Marco Wilson. I bang the table for Marco to, to have a contract year, be you know somebody that you give an extension to. I wonder is he even going to be on this team next year? He just he does not look like a good fit right now for John and the Gannon's defense. Where are the ball skills that we've seen in prior years? He's getting cooked, and again, I'm sure a lot of that you would say is the lack of pass rush. The lack of you know a solid run defense and, you, and you know, Marco is probably a more complimentary corner than a CB one or two, but Keytrail Clark's outplaying Marco Wilson as a six rounder out of Louisville. Keytrail Clark was better yesterday against San Francisco. You know he's having nightmares about Brandon Ayuk and what he did to him yesterday. Every single time the Niners needed a big third down conversion, they targeted number twenty. And so I I want good things for Marco. I think he's a good guy. The locker room you know has has embraced him. He fell in the draft. I thought it was a steal. And, you know, I think he'll still end up playing out the rest of his rookie contract. But Gannon's baby is defensive back play. Well, Jalen Thompson's great. Buda Baker's great. Kayvon Wallace has been great. Keytrell Clark's been great. What's the outlier is the other cornerback spot. And, again, are you keeping that seat warm for Garrett Williams to come in and play some good football at the end of the year? That remains to be seen. And we just touched on it. Defensive depth, the defensive tackle group. I mean, I'm not going to bang on this dead horse all show. But, I mean, it's... John Ledbetter, hurry back, you know, try to make some moves on the, you know, waiver wire. But man, this, this team right now, I want, I want so much better for them at this position because <laughs> Steve Kime, he batted about 50 at the defensive line. Darius Philon, bust. Robert Kimdichie, bust. Jordan Phillips, bust, right? Letting Calais Campbell walk before he's almost defensive player of the year in Jacksonville. It has been the most mismanaged position group, uh, you know, of the past half decade for this team. And Jonathan Gannon and Monty Osford cleaning up the mess right now. So hey, go spend money, open the checkbook, get some people in there. Number one, that can stay healthy. And number two, that can obviously be productive. And then the last thing trending down, Bo Brock, for this team is their draft position. Houston right now is winning. Uh, God forbid. I mean, they, they look like a team that's going to be very viable all year. Now, they, yeah. CJ Stroud could hit a rookie wall, and D'Amico Ryans is a rookie head coach. But, like, AFC, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, get your shit together. You're supposed to be playoff contenders. You're losing to Houston. You're costing a precious draft capital. Now I'm looking at their schedule. We pulled it up yesterday. Damon Dogs probably got it. Houston's draft position, or excuse me, their their uh, schedule. It's a joke. Yeah. People are saying they're going to win the AFC Damon? South. Look at this schedule for the Houston Texans. It Hold is on. a joke. This it's it's laughable. And then you know, and then the Cardinals, I think, are going to win more games than people think. So. I'm happy we're not Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. at this week, but what is going on with the Houston Texans? That is That makes me physically ill. We're about to do our <laughs> pregame show, and I'm watching them blow out teams. What they, They're not supposed to be this far ahead. Will Anderson looks fucking good. Just it, it bothers me. I'm a little frustrated right now with what's going on with Houston. CJ Look at that Stroud. schedule, bro. Oh, my God. I mean, like we said, they, they, could, they could very realistically win – three of four before their bye week. Is and that an XFL schedule? 
I mean, if you could cook up, you know, one of the weakest schedules possible for the 2023 season, this might be it. I mean, it's so bad. The fact that, that looks they like beat- my senior year of high school taking about 12 hours home ec, art class, <laughs> screwing around in the afternoon, right? Open lunch. That's the Houston Texans schedule this year. What? They're they're supposed to play good teams in the AFC. What is this trash? The Broncos? The I Jets mean, now with no Aaron Rodgers? CJ Stroud already is a better quarterback than the next two opponents, right? It is not even close. Yeah. Derek Carr doesn't come back. And then he's gonna he's probably gonna be better than he's better than Bryce Young right now. He plays coming out of not the bye. Close. It's, they could they could be on a they're gonna be on a seven game win streak when they play the Cardinals in Houston. Look at Tennessee, these teams. Tennessee, I know, I know Tennessee blew out the Bengals over the weekend, but they're bad, and they get Tennessee two out of three. Ah, uh, tough times. It, that's that that is sickening. That is yeah. legitimately makes me sick to my stomach. Especially after I, two L's to start the season. I mean, look at our, our Monty Osfer. Look how happy he was in the first two games of the season. CJ Stroud still hasn't thrown a, a pick. Is that right? And he's he's thrown for a billion yards. He's flipping elite. He looks unbelievable. Bryce Young looks small and looks like looks like a third stringer liability out there with Frank Wright, who, by the way, everybody loves. You think Frank Wright and Josh McCown remember the pro day with CJ Stroud? And they're like, hey, we'll see you in Charlotte. I bet they 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 long for those. We'll days. see you on the unemployment line, Frank Wright. <laughs> you'll be fired in two years. Frank Frank Wright, everybody said Frank Wright rejected the Cardinals. He's great. Frank Wright's not a good head coach. The Carolina looks te- Carolina looks like they could go about one in sixteen, and they're going to gift their first round pick to the Bears. But man, there's Robert in chat saying ten wins. I wouldn't doubt it at this rate. No. I mean, do your mock drafts? I don't agree with that with Dylan, Dylan Richards either. As long as we cap, you know, trending down. BJ Ozer already played five snaps yesterday. I have a theory on that. My theory okay. is Niners running the ball. BJ Ozer has been, I don't want to say his pass rush specialist. But he's been brought in on third down. If you've noticed, like he comes in to, to try to give them some juice on third down. How many third downs did the Niners face yesterday? Like four. Like they, it was second and first and second down, and they were cranking out first, left, and right. I don't think there was a position for BJ Ojolari to help this team yesterday. That's my theory. I, I think I, I think Howard Balzer it might be in his article right now. Go phnx.com. But he told me an unbelievable number. I think they of their what sixty offensive plays. I think they they had they were, it was a first down on twenty nine of those. Yeah, like BJ Ojolari, undersized right now, no training camp can't help you with stopping that run game. Now this week against the Bengals and the makeshift offensive line that looks like cardboard, like maybe he has his first sack, but <laughs> paper mache. Yeah, paper mache, Joe Burrow and company. Like, how's our Lando Brown Jr. working out for you? Oh my God, not not well. Not well. Uh, so I'm not, we're going to talk about B. Joe Gillari and the rest of the rookie class in a second, okay. but we're having so much fun here on a football Monday. It should be illegal. Speaking of illegal, how about illegal Pete's? I'm a hungry boy. I'm hungry for some <laughs> illegal Pete's and some patio beers. Thank the good football Lords above. It's 85 degrees outside. Perfect opportunity. Post up on illegal Pete's patio. Have a great time. Drinks, mouthwatering food to fill your heart's desire Bowls, tacos, salads, burritos, nachos, custom cocktails. Hello, get a get a responsible driver. But the beers are flowing. The queso, it's piping hot. Illegal Pete's 
is your go-to spot this fall for football season. Stop by happy hour. It's not one of those rinky-dink, like, 15-minute happy hours. How'd you like a five-hour happy hour? Every single day, it's going on right now, 3 to 8 p.m., all 12 locations. They're my go-to spot. Beers, buddies, last 28 years. It's a Valley staple, Bo Brock. You could do some damage in a five-hour happy hour. You absolutely oh can. But, you know, but it's also a great happy hour, just in the comfort of your own home. If you're not out there at Illegal Pete's, why didn't you do it at home with the number one seltzer? No booze in it. It's got the THC. I'm talking about Wink. Check out Wink and its sister product, Countdown. Find out more at drinkwink.com. Seltzers are all the rage right now, but this one, no booze. Just THC. Get ready for liftoff with Countdown. Of course, it's got a, manual, a nano emulsion of cannabis-infused beverage that delivers a sky-high blast of powerful flavor. You've got the THC, the CBD balance, balance with Wink, and then, of course, you've got liftoff with Countdown. Available in 2.5 milligrams and 5 milligram cans right now, and you can find them right here in the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, in Tucson, at Sunday Goods in the Valley, in Botanica Dispensary in Tucson. Find out more, drinkwink.com, D-R-N-K-W-Y-N-K.com. Got to be 21 years or older. So BGO Jalari is one of about a handful of rookies right now that's seeing some playing time. Of course, guys like Paris Johnson Jr. and company are seeing more playing time. And we thought, Bob Brock, roughly a quarter of the way season, you know, 16 games, it was an even four, now it's 17 games. We've got a good sample size on these rookies thus far, and there's a lot to be excited about. So we thought we'd put together some grades as it relates to this rookie class. Here is what Bo Brock and I came up with for this rookie class thus far. Again, be foolish to say these are finished products, but NFL draft grades for the rookie class, the one that has the chance to be really the best in half decade plus. And Bo Brock, it starts with Paris Johnson Jr. I think just outside of the A category. He's been a B-plus, staple of the offensive line. Again, highest ceiling, but it's it's hard to be an offensive tackle and excel right away as a rookie. Yeah, uh, I mean, some tough assignments the last couple of weeks, and you know, you saw some penalties in week three, and you saw a sack surrendered, but you really haven't seen him put his quarterback and Joshua Dobbs under duress that much. Yeah, B-plus fits right in there. Paris Johnson Jr., Jonathan Gannon saying he's living up to that draft grade, right? Why why he's sixth overall pick. He said that today. But then you get to the second round. They trade down. They let the Titans go up and get a quarterback. Uh, and, and Will Levis and the Arizona Cardinals move down to 41st overall, and they take up SEC pass rusher and BJ Jolari. And, you know, he has the procedure that Gannon tells about us uh, throughout in the offseason, and he just hasn't seemed like he's up uh, 100% physically just yet. Ojolari, you saw him in the preseason finale, and you've seen him probably play anywhere from you know five to 19 snaps in, in the first four games of the season. And outside of one play, I think, against the Giants, haven't seen him really pop yet. Yeah, and again, like it's the more and more it's looking like, you know, hopefully playing time toward the end of the year uh, and then having, you know, an excelled role, potentially a starting role in 2024, and that's okay. They're not all going to be aces. We talked about Garrett Williams incomplete right now with an opportunity. I, I think we always thought about October, give him a little over half the season. Let's see what he can do. And then we're just waiting on bated breath to see the, the what I thought was the first-round cornerback prospect out of Syracuse that fell because of injury. I watched that Syracuse uh, team a lot two years ago. They were fun. I gambled on them a lot. Uh, Sean DePaz of PHNX, Syracuse alumni. Garrett Williams is a real player. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, you know, Gannon, there's nobody else better to, to scout defensive backs 
Um, obviously, with Keetrell Clark, you know, being a testament to that. So excited about seeing Williams. And then obviously the the gem of this class right now, and I love Paris Johnson Jr., Michael Wilson's been sensational. He has been the best rookie contributor this team has had since Kyler Murray. I, I think that's you can't argue that. Now, he's been given opportunities. He's earned them, and that's a testament to this new regime ball that will play rookies. But, it, I mean, he can't, he can't do anything more. He's caught 14 of 16 passes. He's on pace for 1,000 yards. He's physical, and he's got a ceiling that I think is reminiscent of Michael Thomas or Devontae Adams. He's going to get rhythm targets eventually when this offense is refined with Kyler Murray. I think the sky's the limit for him. A true find in the middle round, something that Kime could never do. Yeah, I think the Cardinals benefited from obviously him missing time at, at the collegiate level. Obviously, he stayed it, it, during a downtime for the program. The final year, David Shaw, Stanford was just depleted of talent, but they were able to identify a guy in in Michael Wilson, and it's been a huge. It's paying off huge for this organization. I mean, you know, what's turned into a premium position, they're able to find ninety sixth overall. Michael Wilson has been huge for this team. You know, he's starting to show in the red zone where he was shown between the twenties previous couple of weeks. Now it's becoming a complete package and look out with him and in the, the speed of Hollywood Brown, true compliments of each other, seeing crossing routes. One of those guys breaks open and it's going to be, you know, explosives for the Arizona Cardinals offense. Let's continue to look at this draft class beyond Michael Wilson. Obviously the bad news in the preseason finale with Jonathan Gaines, he's an incomplete because he had the knee injury he's lost for the year. And then you talk about preseason and how, Tune really took grasp of this backup quarterback spot as a fifth round pick out of Houston. And I, you know, Johnny, I, I agree with you with the C plus here because I think that he did a pretty good job, you know, in, in keeping this fan base at ease by by his play in the preseason. I know I hope we don't have to see him in the regular season. We saw what the player, the next pick after him in the draft and DTR who who lit the world on fire in preseason. But how does preseason translate to regular season? Basically means nothing. He had three picks in the game. Browns couldn't move the ball on the offense. And that's what you usually get from a fifth round pick. Clayton Toon can continue to marinate on the sidelines for the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I like this as a C plus at 139th overall. Yeah, again, like he's on their active roster and he was in line to get first team reps, you know, I think by the situation, but he welcomed it right. He didn't embarrass himself during the preseason. Like that, he looks like a fifth round rookie quarterback that's got a chance to stick. Now, does Dobbs stick as Kyler Murray's backup next year? I think that remains to be seen. Clayton Toons is going to be right there, if so, to, to take that baton. And I think Clayton Toons only going to get better with time on the active roster. So no embarrassment there. Owen Papo, again, falls into the similar categories, Clayton Toon. He's on the active roster as a six-round pick, and he's also a part of an inside linebacking core that outside of Kazir White has very little clarity into 2024. If he works his ass off, he could be in the mix to start next year, 100%. Again, but if he, what if he just becomes a staple on special teams? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You get into these lottery tickets at the end of day three, we're so used to Steve Kime legitimately, you know, lighting them on fire and, and wasting them. You can have contributors in the middle and the bottom of your roster. That's what day three of the draft is for. And then sometimes you get lucky and you find a gem. And that's what yeah. Keytrail Clark is. Keytrail Clark's the starter on this team. He's somebody that I think is going to make a lot of money with this Arizona Cardinal team. He is a draft darling. He is everything that we love about the NFL draft. Former second team All-ACC out of Louisville. I looked up um, the draft network's grade on him today. And mm-hmm. they actually had... During the season last year, Keith Sanchez wrote, Keytrail Clark has garnered a second-round grade from some. 
Now, he wow. fell to the sixth round because of the fall of play from Louisville and the quality of play and the fact that he's undersized, and he just tested kind of okay. But Gannon and Austin Ford said, nope, he's a really good football player, and it's translated to the NFL. He is unquestionably their best corner as a six-round rookie in four weeks into the season where he's had to D-up CeeDee Lamb and company each of the yeah. first four weeks. So I, as excited as I am for Michael Wilson, if Michael Wilson's a 10 of excitement, Keytrell Clark's like a nine and a half. He's been sensational. Yeah, and look at the position, cornerback, right? Those, those are tough to even scout as for with first round talent. You know, I mean, we're not we're not hearing a lot from you know the first rounders this year. Obviously, last year provided you know Sauce Gardner and, and some really talented players in this league, but they saw the competitiveness. That's all you heard out of the Shrine Bowl in Vegas that they were seeing from from Keytrell Clark. Well, most people are getting most of their focus on on what's going on at the Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile. You know, Clark took advantage of, of his you know real small opportunity there, and it it kind of parlayed into Jonathan Gannon looking at his alma mater, trying to find if there was anybody worth kind of plucking from there. And he did. He gets he gets Keytrell Clark. You know, guys like Michael Wilson were just gabbing about this guy, talking him up just saying how he just operates at a high, insanely high level all the time. And that's what you get from Keetrell Clark. They have one of those motors in the building. You know, it, it's you're, you're finding yourself in the sixth round, a, a Buda Baker type player. Remember, we asked Greg Dorch on one of our earliest podcast hits with him. Yeah. Who was shining during training camp? He said Keetrell Clark. I mean, some guys are just, they just have it. They're just a really good football player. You put all the measurables and tangibles aside how do they look on the field when it's time to scrap? And then, of course, Stills, the last pick, seventh rounder, he's playing. Now, would he be playing Bo Brock out of West Virginia if there wasn't <laughs> a bunch of injuries? Probably not. But he's getting an opportunity. Cardinals are just throwing stuff at the fire, at the wall, seeing what sticks at the defensive tackle position. But as we look at this team, four weeks in, this is unquestionably the most productive rookie class of, of recent memory. Now, 2015 was the best in recent memory. Humphreys didn't play as a rookie. Marcus Golden got minimal opportunities. You know, David Johnson was good, but it, it, that class took a while to marinate and get better. I mean, a lot of it is the philosophy under Kime and Arians and Steve Wilkes and, and Cliff Kingsbury where they were just allergic to rookies. This group right here, the foundation of this team is going to be young players. We're going we're gonna to look in January and February, and you're going to say, who are the best upcoming players on the Arizona Cardinals that are going to make like top 25 under 25 lists in the NFL offseason, Paris Johnson Jr., Michael Wilson's, Keytrail Clark, with some other guys with, with a chance to, to emerge as well. So it's an exciting time. It makes you all the more excited, Bull Brock. This team's got 12 picks next April. Yeah. Yeah, they do. 12 picks, uh, six in the top three rounds. And you know that Monty Osford is going to continue to retool this roster with a really rock solid scouting background. Already already started to flex and a shortened, abbreviated offseason. Now let's see with the full year under his belt, his full staff deployed out there watching the amateurs play, not amateurs, the college players out there uh, play on Saturdays. We're going to break it down in our upcoming uh, draft uh, show that I think we're going to get going this week. Can't wait to get into PHNX. Uh, you just kind of prospects maybe on Thursday, but we'll keep you posted on that. But so far, so good. Pretty good grades there, uh, considering what we're coming from uh, the previous, I, I guess, talent uh, talent advisor in Steve Kine. Evaluators. Evaluator. Talent evaluators. Right. Um, I have to ask Johnny a question, though. Yeah. Where do What's we up, stand David on Dog? AC, 
see defenders at this point. Keytrail Clark from the ACC. I thought we were all out on them. Damon, how dare you embarrass <laughs> Joe? Here's what I will say. Okay. And how you've talked up Garrett Williams. My Syracuse theory has the been debunked a little bit because B. Joe Gilari is not playing a ton. LSU ass kicker. I will dabble in the ACC after round one. First round ACC defenders. I am a little bit scarred for, for life because of what this franchise has done to me in the past. Uh, the Cardinals took a certain FSU defensive tackle once upon a time, and it didn't turn out so well. So, again, I, I'm not anti-ACC players. I'm not anti-ACC Ooh. players. Didn't Wendell Bryant go uh, to Florida State? But so did Darnell Dockett. He was a third-round pick. Okay. Day two and beyond. That kid from Florida State's really good. That edge rusher. I mean, like, like I, I'm okay taking him. That's fine. Florida State, to me, they're not really an ACC school, right? You're still full of shit with your anti-ACC propaganda. And, and I can see you on social media. I see you, Johnny Venerable, walking back Brock Bowers. No, I'm not. I'm not yes, doing that. Yes, you are. Well, I never said he wasn't a good player. Real quick, Trevor Sikkim, a friend of the program. He's the lead draft analyst for Pro Football Focus. He's fantastic. We're going to try to get him on during the season, draft season. He's our go-to. We chatted with him at the Combine last year. He put out a mock last late last night. It made okay. me want to throw up in my mouth. He's a it's, sicko. I, he is a sicko. Now, I the, with the Houston pick, he had the Cardinals taking Kool-Aid McKinstry at 13th overall. The value of that, potentially getting a number one corner, I don't have a problem with that. Kool-Aid at 13, I'll drink that Kool-Aid. Okay. The problem is, ninth overall, the Arizona Cardinals select tight end Brock Bowers out of Georgia, and I, I literally had to like turn off my computer and walk away. That's I can't have that. He's a great prospect but my point is and i pointed this out on twitter name if he if you take a tight end in the top 10 you were telling everybody with that selection he has to at some point become the best tight end in the nfl or at worst the number two tight end can i tell you something i hate that ceiling for somebody to have he to has that skill set no he doesn't yes, come he on does. all not- he's done is dominated since he was 18 he was there been their top offensive playmaker we're gonna have so many throughout. problems when we're i like i'm not mentally or physically prepared for you and i to oh yeah who was on my trending down today the last two weeks damon john not Dre mcbride, not Dre McBride. Yes. you think do you think that brock bowers could help a unit in the last uh two weeks that has 10 catches for 66 yards brock bowers does that on saturday can Brock Bowers play five technique or three technique can brock powers take over for dj humphreys who's got the most penalties on the offensive line through four weeks Premium position. Brock Bowers at tight end in the top ten. I I don't know. If I, I don't disagree. Do I don't more. disagree with you as far as where, where the Cardinals need is in ninth overall. Kyle was, Kyle Pitts can't get targets in Atlanta, and I know no, it's a different offense and quarterback. Smith is going to be he's going to be asking for job interviews. All the good tight ends went in the mid to late rounds. Like going, it's like it's worse than taking a running back because at least a running back touches it like twenty plus times a game. I don't want that. I don't want that heat for Brock Bowers here. I think Austin. There's there's too many needs. Like like the defensive line has to be addressed. Like once you start to get out of that that you know the Marvin Harrison Jr. territory and you start looking at this draft, like if you can put yourself in a position to retool the defensive line, continue to look at the trenches on the offensive side of the football, like a Joe Alt or you know Alabama tackle. I mean. That's where I would much rather see that early draft capital invested. I agree, but still, here what I will say is like respect on Brock Bowers' name. He's good. He's a good player. Uh, Here's what I will say: 
like if they draft like I I think they could draft a tight end because right now it's like I'm screaming with everybody else like where's Trey McBride he's a great run blocker why isn't he getting opportunities in the passing game the longer they stick with Ertz yes and it's, it's an indictment of the situation in tight end it's an indictment of Trey McBride like I can love Trey McBride if Trey McBride is not supplanting Ertz and targets and not a focal point as a tight end in like November like I think they're going to take a tight end or sign one in free agency and it just that's going to be unfortunate now McBride will be on the team. But the aspirations of him being like tight end one, having 650, you know, a season at receiving yards, I, I think that might go by the wayside. And again, they didn't draft him. So I'm not putting that against them. Uh, you want to scout some more talent this weekend from a college football standpoint, do it with our friends at Fubo TV. Our guy RK from DMVR is like, I don't know how we're going to get the Pac 12 network to watch Colorado play this weekend. I can tell you how. Get Fubo TV right now. They've got access to the Pac 12 network, they've also got access to NFL Network. Red Zone, the Ryder Cup. Watch all your favorite college football and NFL games with Fubo, my premier streaming service, and yours now. Go to www.fubotv.com slash phnx. Sign up. We're going to save you 15% off your first month. That's Fubo TV. Fubo TV and go phnx.com as well. You got Howard Balzer churning out just great content. Stats from yesterday's game that will blow your mind. You can check them out. Go phnx. Dot com. Check out the PHNX Locker as well for your gear. Become a diehard today. Get access to the member Discord. I got a big diehard fantasy football matchup tonight. I can't have the DK Metcalf, Geno Smith stack go off tonight. I need it to be uh, pretty pretty low points tonight in order to get my dub in the diehard fantasy league. You want to take advantage. You want to be a part of all this fun stuff outside of just chatting with us during live shows will become a diehard today go phnx.com of course phnxlocker.com you wear the swag to the events like the bet mgm sportsbook and some upcoming events that we got in the works we're buying you beers so get into the phnx locker and, and maybe even make it your free shirt for the year vibes were immaculate yesterday bet mgm want to thank everybody who came out jersey cardinal winning the two free tickets to Bengals cardinals this weekend we're going to be back at bet mgm in just two weeks giving out some more home game tickets so check that out again I had a loaded plate of wings it was fantastic I was eating good almost as good as Christian McCaffrey eating on the Cardinal defensive line that's how good I was eating at Bet MGM yesterday yeah. but we had a banner time and thank uh, you everybody who came that. out uh again October is going to be an interesting month for this team renewed expect think about where we were at the beginning of September 0 and 17 people were frustrated the state of the franchise you know I was never talking about 0 and 17 and so <laughs> Now the Cardinals are in a position where could they be favored as early as Sunday? Right now, the Bengal line has gone from five to three and a half to three. They're a three-point underdog. As we get closer, does that move to a pick em? I'd love to see that. We also can't wait till Kyler Murray, Garrett Williams, and company come off of uh, Pup, injured reserve. Buda Baker potentially could be right around the corner at the end of the month. October is going to be a key time to follow this program. And the best way to do that, of course, is to subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast wherever you get your podcast: Apple, iTunes, Spotify. We got it all. So go to your smartphone, search on your podcast, PHNX Cardinals. Also like this video. Let's see if we can get this video to 150-plus likes to share it around YouTube. That's how people find us. We appreciate all of you. Bo Brock, favorite segment of the week is tomorrow. Tell the people who we got oh, on the man. program. Baldy. Baldy breakdown, your own exclusive PHNX Cardinals Baldy's breakdown. He's already been going through the tape yesterday. You can follow him on Twitter at Baldy NFL. 
Not so many great things, highlights for the Arizona Cardinals, but I'm sure he's going to tell him that tell us what he continues to see this team competing their ass off scheme wise. They're doing pretty well as, 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 as that goes. Can't wait to talk to Brian Baldinger, of course, our all city NFL analyst. He joins us tomorrow right at the top of the show. It is must see YouTube TV. Brian Baldinger, PHNX Cardinals. Like PHNX, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. For Bull Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Drop a like. We'll see you tomorrow. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.